at the Freedom Express. Welcome to a post-row world. We'll get to more on that in just a second. Well, quadruple vax Dr. Tony the Science Fauci has recently come down with the COVID. But wait a second, you say. Wasn't the vaccine and all the subsequent gazillions of boosters supposed to prevent infection? Yeah, you'd be right. Actually, hear it from the lips of the science, copyright to 2020 Dr. Fauci itself, tell you that very thing a couple months ago. Listen. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. Hmm, that seems pretty uh, cut and dry to me. Well, we seem to be stuck in a quandary here. Either Tony, the science man, made up information when it seemed politically convenient, or... Yeah, I got nothing on the other side. How many times does it have to be proven that these guys lie to us for us to stop believing things that they say? What do you think? Let me know. Freedom Express Podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, Freedom Express Podcast. We'll get to your questions and comments later. Looking forward to that as always. Well, we'll go back to December 2020. There is an animal rights uh, group that attempted to get uh, this elephant named Happy removed from the Bronx Zoo, asserting that the elephant deserved the inalienable human right of uh, habeas corpus. Habeas corpus. There's only one problem with this seemingly open and shut case. Um, human rights only apply to, well, uh, humans. <laughs> and an appellate judge uh, saw this and subsequently ruled against the elephant's freedom. Sad. Well, the ruling was appealed, and the animal rights group was like, no, 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 we're not going to settle for that. So they, they went up to New York's highest court. Well, uh, recently in a 5-2 to two ruling, the court ruled um, that Happy was not, in fact, a person and had, and had to remain at the zoo all caged up and depressed. Now, I want to go to the fact that it was a 5-2 to two ruling, um, meaning that there were two judges on New York's highest court thinking that it was okay to rule that an elephant is a person. At this point, fortunately, it's not a majority view. But I'm telling you, the day is coming where the line between human rights and animals is going to be crossed. And it's coming soon. In fact, you're going to see the lines blurred of what humanity is at all. We already see the lines blurring with gender. If you think there's a line too sacred to be crossed, or too obvious to be crossed, I'm sorry. You're gonna soon be proven mistaken. And if I didn't have to live through it, I'd sit back and enjoy this comically large satire film that is our daily life. But, unfortunately, it has consequences. Well, coming up on this episode, um, the Supreme Court has overturned the landmark decision Roe versus Wade. What does this mean? Well, we'll talk about it. And also the reactions from the left uh, getting increasingly uh, disturbing, as we'd expect. Let's break it all down coming up. But first, as always... Here's the life update courtesy of me. So I started work a couple weeks ago, and uh, if you'll recall, working as a golf coach. 
You know, the job has its ups and downs. I mean, have uh, fun with the kids, uh, joke, and just form uh, relationships with them, etc. But it's out in the hot summer heat. It was getting upwards of 100 degrees a couple of the days, so uh, pretty hot and sweaty sometimes. But what, what an interesting thing that happened. So there was this specific, I believe he was a six or seven year old boy, uh, decided to come up to me with a mouthful of water and then uh, proceeded to spit it all over me uh, just because that's exactly what you do. And he thought he was being quite the comical, practical jokester there. Um, yeah, and then he laughed and ran away uh, smiling. And I was kind of just left sitting there dripping in a water slobber mix. Um, yeah, not the highlight of my work week. But, you know, it happens sometimes, part of the job. Well, like I said, we have huge news. The Supreme Court overturning uh, Roe versus Wade, catapulting the control for abortion back to the people and their representatives where it always belonged. This is a huge step for the pro-life movement, like huge. Now, remember, this is not making abortion illegal as much as Democrat media pundits would like you to believe. This is simply saying, oh, we're not going to, it's not going to be codified that, uh, that a right to abortion exists in the Constitution. It is up to the states, which is correct. Abortion has never been mentioned in the Constitution. It has always been questionably inferred from the 14th Amendment. And we'll get to more on that in a second. But this puts it back to the states. And not every state is going to make abortion illegal. Far from it, actually. There are some uh, states that have laws in place. They're called trigger laws that would go into effect banning abortion. Once Roe versus Wade was overturned, I know Missouri was one of those states. There are a couple others. I want to, first of all, I'll start off by reading this quote from Samuel, uh, Justice Samuel Alito. He's the uh, justice that authored the uh, majority opinion in uh, this case. In the uh, ruling in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, uh, Alito uh, kind of tells how abortion was viewed pre-Roe back um, before the decision in 1973. Here's what he says. Not only was there no support for such a constitutional right until until shortly before Roe, but abortion had long been a crime in every single state. At common law, abortion was criminal in at least some stages of pregnancy and was regarded as unlawful and could have very serious consequences at all stages. American law was followed American law followed the common law until a wave of statutory restrictions in the 1800s expanded criminal liability for abortions. By the time of the adoption of the 14th Amendment, three-quarters of the states had made abortion a crime at any stage of pregnancy, and the remaining states would soon follow. So this whole abortion crowd that the left has really adopted was not a huge thing until really right before Roe and then continuing after the decision in 1973. I want to play this quote from Joe Biden today talking about uh, this new decision. Listen to what he has to say and we'll break it down. So extreme that women can be punished for protecting their health. So extreme that women and girls were forced to bear their rapist's child. 
with a child a consequence. One of the things he said was a force to carry uh, the babies of the rapist. Now, the abortions dealing with rape and incest, etc., are um, less, vastly less than even 10%. 10% is a generous number. But let's go with 10% because I don't know ex- the exact number. That means 90% of abortions are elective abortions, abortions out of convenience. It just, it just stuns me. It stuns me too, Biden, that you could be for the advocating of the murdering of children while still claiming to be a devout Catholic. Let's continue with this. So it seems that doctors will be criminalized for fulfilling their duty. Whoa, 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 whoa. If I don't, I'm, I'm no doctor, but if I know anything about the Hippocratic Oath, it's something along the lines of to do no harm. How is killing off babies in their mother's womb doing no harm? Fulfilling their duty. That's ridiculous. It's absurd. Also in his speech today, Biden talked about the constitutional right to abortion. Now... I want to break this down. Like I just said, abortion, the word has never, or even the concept, never once was entered into the Constitution. So right there, that should be kind of this uh, sign that it might not have anything to do with the Constitution, Joe. But in in the philosophy of uh, Roe versus Wade, the 14th Amendment was used as grounds to justify basically writing in abortion to the Constitution. Here's the 14th Amendment, uh, Section 1, that is relevant to it. Here, let me read it. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities or citizens of the United States, nor shall any state derive the any person of life, liberty, or property without the due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protections of the laws. Now, oh wait, let, obviously, duh, it's talking about abortion right there. How could I have missed that before in my read-through? It's not in the Constitution. It's not remotely in the Constitution. It's not even talking about health care or anything like that. The 14th Amendment, remember, was ratified in 1868 on the heels of the North winning the Civil War. It's trying to deal with the South's treatment of former slaves. It has nothing to do with abortion. And the court finally recognized that after 50 years, today, almost 50 years. But Biden's not the only one speaking out, of course, about this whole new abortion bit. Uh, Congressman uh, Maxine Waters decided to weigh in with, uh, remember, she is uh, a representative of the United States. Here's her in D.C. today. Slight language warning, I'm sorry. You see this turnout out here? You ain't seen nothing yet. Women are going to control their bodies no matter how they try and stop us. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. Women will be in control of their bodies. And if they think black women are intimidated or afraid, they got another thought coming. Black women will be out in droves. By the way, no one is thinking that black women or any women in at all sh- uh, are afraid, nor should they be. In fact, 
her whole mentioning uh, of race at all is to imply that this ruling is racist, which goes along with the narrative that uh, the overturning of Roe disproportionately uh, uh, hurts women of color. Now, it is true that w- uh, women of color are more likely to get abortions, but it doesn't hurt them at all. In fact, I couldn't see any possible way that more women of color having babies is racist at all. The racist thing is to try to kill uh, the babies of women of color. I'm just saying. But back to this quote from uh, Maxine Waters. We will defy the Supreme Court, she says. How is that not an erosion of democracy? Is that an erosion of our way of living, of the government, of the way that things were prescribed to be? But it gets worse. Listen to AOC chanting with a bunch of protesters um, outside of the Supreme Court. Alright, you get you get the general idea there, right? Calling for people to go into the streets saying that this is illegitimate. How are these calls any different than what Trump said when he um, asked people to peacefully protest due to an illegitimate election? His words. Yet he got impeached for that. Will we see any backlash for Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? No. Now the types of protests that Trump was calling for and AOC is calling for are even vastly different. Hers, she is... uh, um, Backstory, there are people calling for a night of rage in D.C. Calling for riots to break out all over. And hopefully, or pray, that nobody gets injured. That's what AOC is calling for here. Trump. My comparison wasn't even correct, because Trump called for people to uh, peacefully protest. And AOC would do well to do the same. I wanted to go back to a soundbite I found of Biden in 2006, underlining his... uh, uh, position on abortion, kind of emphasizing that a little bit there. Let's listen to this far-right extremist. I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy, and I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe, and I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions, and they ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus as to do that. Man, what happened to that Joe Biden? That was just a little over 15 years ago. Biden has moved so far left that he has moved from safe and rare, which was probably always a facade, to elective abortions whenever you want. You could kill a child whenever you want in the, in the womb. Wonder, I asked you guys what you guys thought of the Roe decision um, uh, on Instagram. I had a response from uh, 
Andrew. Andrew says he's super stoked about it. But I had a question, a comment from Emma. Uh, Emma says, we need to ensure we're showing empathy and support to the women with crisis pregnancies and ensure they don't resort to illegal and unsafe abortion methods. Interesting take. So I, okay, I agree that we need to make sure we're not making people ever feel awful about this. But remember the statistic. Over 90% of abortions are elected abortions. Now, if we want to have a conversation about making elective abortions illegal and then leaving provisions for uh, rape, incest, etc., I'm willing to take that step. It's a baby step, but it's a better step than staying stagnant where we are. But that's never the argument, Emma. And in fact, holding the position that elective abortions are bad, but cases, uh, abortions in case of uh, rape and incest are okay, is a morally unfounded position. Why? Because the reason abortions elected abortions are bad, are morally wrong, is because it is morally wrong to end a child's life, no matter the circumstances leading up to conception. It is morally wrong always to end the life of a child in the womb. But that is the argument that the Democrats were saying leading up to this decision, saying that women would go to un uh, illegal and unsafe abortion methods, which is probably true. A lot of women might try to have back-alley abortions. But that's the same reasoning as saying, oh, people are going to go into the back-alley and have drug deals anyway. We should just make drugs legal just to save them the trouble. But we see how that works out in uh, states like uh, New York. They're encouraging safe heroin use. But thank you for the comment, uh, Emma. Uh, interesting as always. Um, thanks for everyone else who uh, shared their take. Uh, make sure you send in more questions, comments to freedomexpresspodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, Freedom Express Podcast. I, like, I liked Emma's comment because we don't always necessarily have to agree. And that's what generates um, the most interesting discussion in, in my view. So thank you, Emma. I appreciate that. I'll have one from Bowden. He says, hey, Josh, how are you? Really, you've been loving your recent shows. I have a question for your next one. If the Democrat Party is the party of inclusion, why are those who even disagree minutely with them labeled as haters, bigots, and even terrorists? Good question, Bowden. I really like the wording of them. The Democrat Party has positioned it as the party of inclusion. And we've talked about this before. It's not the party of inclusion. It's the party of coercion. It's the party of groupthink. It's the same philosophy that has impacted socialists and communists throughout the decades. It's the thought of groupthink. You identify with the party. You're identified by your party, by uh, your gender, by your race, etc., Instead of being valued as an individual, like you're supposed to. And I don't want to get into all that again. But it really is. People are labeled as racist or bigots, etc. Because they can't really come up with a logical, plausible defense against the points that are being raised by conservatives. So they just dismiss them. Now, if there is defense, I'd really like to be able to hear it. 
I have a question here from Emma Ruth. Uh, she says, thoughts on the strengths and flaws of a democratic system. We as Americans slash Westerners tend to idealize it and associate the term democracy with a wide variety of generally favorable things. But is democracy or a democratic republic in our case really a productive and good system of government? After all, the majority can be wrong and at times has been. That's true. Democracy is an inherently dangerous position. The majority can and often will be wrong. That is why it is the, that is the importance of the democratic republic that we have. That it is not all simple majority. And that is honestly the dangers of democratic socialism. Because it gets rid of the republican form of government that we have. Where all you need is a simple majority to get your policies implemented. I'm not saying the majority can just be e is just always evil all the time, but people can be easily swayed through the false dissemination of information, especially through the media, and be told things that are simply not true. Prime example, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. In Russia, the media has told the Russian people that is a glorious war to free Ukraine. And they believe it. Why? Because they're not being, they don't, they're not even given an option to believe anything to the contrary. So to answer your question, Emmeruth, I believe that democratic republic is the best form that we can have on this earth. Everything else is totalitarian or simply unrealistic because of its idealistic nature. Thanks for the question. Remember to send all your questions again to freedomexpresspodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at freedomexpresspodcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Express. I'd like to give you a friendly reminder to go thank all the elephants in your life because elephants are people too, according to two judges on New York's highest court. So next time you see them, go up and give your favorite pachyderms a big old hug and then let them have your house, pack your trunks, and leave because they actually deserve the world more than we do. I'll let you figure that one out. This is the Freedom Express.